Welcome to Trucker's Voices. Our guest this week is Mr. Eddie Pennington. Eddie is the grand champion from the state of Florida for the truck driving championships. Eddie talks to us about his career in trucking, how he got started, and his experiences with the state and national TDC truck driving championships. So y'all sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Truckers' voices as much as I do. Now, without any further ado, kick back, kick your shoes off, air your corns out, and get ready to listen to another fine show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good. I hope that you had a good day of trucking out there. Whatever highway that you was trucking on, I hope it was a good one. Hey, uh, what you do out there matters because uh, we know that 99% of everything that everybody has comes on a truck. So, hey, look at there. You're making a difference in uh, the economy. You're making a difference in everybody else's life. You are a difference maker, and don't forget that. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to have those good days. We're going to have those bad days. Uh, but I hope you have more good days than you have bad days. But just remember, you are important to this trucking industry there. Um, we got a good show lined up for you tonight. We got the Florida Grand champion on here with us tonight, Mr. Eddie Pennington going to come on here. And he's actually going to tell us his story about how he got into trucking. And uh, then also he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences with the TDC, uh, everything through the years that he's done and uh, his experience this year. Now, I, let me make a note here. I ain't going to get too much into his glory here, but uh, this is going to be his last year competing there. He's fixing to go out on the retirement road. And uh, so uh, we're going to wish him well at Nationals this year. And uh, I'm sure Eddie's going to make us all proud there. But, um, I, you know, I got that other old fella, Mr. Steve Brand, waiting in the wings out there. And uh, I'm going to give him a proper introduction here in just a minute. So before we bring him in, let me go and get my introduction started for Mr. Steve Brand. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. I didn't hear nothing. You didn't hear nothing? Uh, man, might be this old this old telephone thing here. Let's try it again. Nope, didn't hear nothing. Man, I tell you what, you know, you never know with technology how it's gonna how it's gonna work. There's one week it'll work, one week it won't. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell, tell me about your day, man. Man, it wasn't a bad day till. Got about halfway home and then had a little issue and uh, good safety thing for everybody. It is summertime. It's hot. It's especially down the south, southwest. These truck tires are going to blow. Do yes, not ride beside these trucks when the tires blow. You know, just ease on past them trucks. And, uh, you know, it's no fault of the driver. It's just tire lets go, tire lets go. And I was coming down the hill, and and uh, uh, apparently a big truck before me lost uh, lost the tire, and there's gator all over the road. And I tried to straddle everything the best I could and get away from it. Well, apparently a piece of it picked up my airline on my rear trailer, and uh, sheared my airline off. And uh, I didn't know it. And I went down the road a couple miles. And I started pulling the next hill, and I started losing power. And man, this thing was a tugging. And uh, well. 
some uh, good good gentlemen in the pickup truck. Uh, you know, I was trying to get top of the hill so I get in a safe spot and uh, pull over to the shoulder. I had guardrails beside me and everything, you know. And uh, he said, "Hey, FedEx!" I rolled down my window. He says, "Your your trailer tire's on fire," and I'm like, "Uh oh!" And I hit the shoulder <laughs> and I I jumped down on the ground. And I looked. I seen the flames. Grabbed that fire extinguisher. Since we're talking about TDCs, what does pass stand for? Pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. Yep. And we got her all put out. Everything's good. Didn't lose no freight. Didn't lose no trailer. No law enforcement had to show up. No fire department had to show up. But record company had to come and get my trailer. So we got it all taken care of. Everybody's safe and sound. But the rule of that is it's hot. Do not ride beside these trucks. You That's don't right. want any incidents. And if you see Gator all over the road, just kind of move left or move right. Try to avoid it. You don't want to damage your car. Man, don't slam on the brakes. Don't slam on the brakes. You know, you don't want somebody to tag you in the back or, you know, and don't run off the road. Don't, don't run off the road. If you can't avoid it, you got to run over it. It's, it's not that big a deal. But, you know, want everybody to be safe out there. So That's but, right. Hey, everybody's safe. Everybody's sound. The equipment's where it needs to be. We're in good shape, baby. We're in and good you are. You are right here. That's where I needed you to be tonight, right here. All right, we're right here. Hey, we're right here with the best people Man, in the world. I tell you what, I did not think that we could top last week's show, right? Right. <laughs> hey, we're topping it, man. We have got this <laughs> guest in the wings here, and uh, we got a we got a world and a wealth of knowledge that's going to come on here. And I, I do have to say, you know, Eddie is my friend and uh, he, I, I look up to Eddie. He's been a mentor to me. He's helped me a lot through TDC years and uh, uh, he's helped bring me a long way. So, um, and you guys out there going to TDC, I see a lot of you logged on here now. You guys can learn a lot from Eddie. So uh, <clears throat> y'all listen in. He may give you a few nuggets, but uh, he's not going to give you all the nuggets there. I guarantee you. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's get well, down to business, man. Let's bring Eddie on in here. I'm interested to hear his story. All right. Well, let me do this first. The exactly. Please, oh, not that one. Let me give you the right one here. Uh, the views expressed on this show are those of the host and the guest only and do not reflect those of others. And I'm going to add this and other entities there. So, hey, we got the legal jargon out of the way so uh, we can jump into it. Uh, I will say that um, let's go. Let's go ahead and give some shout outs to people that's watching right now. Uh, uh, Steve, I'm going to tell you who I was looking on my page. I want to shout out to uh, Chuck Jernigan, Ben Atkinson, uh, Tony Wainwright, uh, Bob Hare, Chris Perna's watching tonight. Jim Fisher's watching tonight. Kevin Dean, Scott Post, Bill McNamee, uh Randy Broderick. Uh, and that's what I got on my page right now on this one. And then, of course, we got people watching over on YouTube, too. Who you got watching on the safety drive page? I got Miss Nancy Post on there. Hi, Miss Nancy. How are you, ma'am? Hope everybody's doing good up there, Minnesota way. That's and, good. Uh, you know, Scott's probably out making that good heart to <laughs> earn money. So, you know. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, hey, we're just gonna have to give Eddie a hand clap of our own, and we're bringing on here. So let's bring let's bring Eddie on in here. Okay. Sounds good. Mister Eddie Pennington, it's good to have you tonight on Truckers Voices. It's good to be here, too, man. Yes, sir. Hey, don't tell everybody my secret. You just told them my handle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was gonna wear I was gonna wear a flannel shirt to be on this tonight. Being your tool man. 
Hey, hey, what are you, what are you talking about there, Al? <laughs> oh, Eddie, it's good to see you on here, man. We are excited to have you on here. Welcome to Trucker's Voices. Let me tell the listening audience that it's not easy to get Eddie on the show because he runs such a early morning schedule that he goes to bed pretty early. I always kid him. He goes to bed before the chickens does. But um, it's, it's actually a pleasure to have him on here. Uh, I snagged him because I know he's uh, flying out to Indy tomorrow. And uh, so I knew that we might get him on here. And I've been wanting to do this for a while. So, Eddie, thank you very much for coming on Trucker's Voices. Don't mind, brother. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Well, Eddie, let's get started with this uh, with this show here. We want to hear your story. First of all, we want to hear your story about how you got into trucking. So we're going to give you the liberty to speak to the listening audience. And you just start from the beginning with how you got into trucking. Uh, just kind of give us a rundown of that. And we, we're going to just sit back and listen, okay? All right. I have been in the freight business, transportation, for 50, 50-something years now. Uh, started out. On horse and buggy, my first trip was on a slate tablet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the old, old cobblestone road was a little rough, but that pneumatic tire in 1919 made it a little better. But uh, <laughs> and now I started back in probably 73, I think it was, when I ended up going to work for Florida Freight. Uh, when I was young, my dad was a fireman in you know, everybody wants to follow the footsteps of their father. And that's what I wanted to be when I was in school in elementary and all. Then, and later on, he ended up driving some with the trucking company and also in the fire department. And then when he retired from that, he pretty well went into the freight business. And uh, when we was young, we lived around the corner from the bowling alley, and all of us ended up over there bowling and, and helping out there a little bit, you know, as a I guess you call it part-time job. They just paid us with, you know, just young kids. And next door was a gas station. The guy had a wrecker, and uh, they had pinball machines, pool table. We was in there shooting pool and playing pinball. And cars come up, and Jackie would ask us to go pump the gas for him and, or his wife because she ran when she wasn't there if he was out on the wrecker call. First time I learned right, he uh, was sitting there, and he told me to go move that wrecker. I said, I can't drive. He said, well, you got to learn sometime. When I tried to move the record, I clunk, 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 kept stalling it out. <laughs> and uh, so then he told me, getting his wife's Volkswagen Beetle. She had a, you can't stall out a Beetle. Yeah. You just dump the clutch, it just goes. So that was you know, early life. And then I guess, uh, well, we were young dad when he was, he had dropped me and my other brother off at a warehouse and we'd unload trailers in the summer for him. You know, he'd bring his lunch and drop another trailer. So, you know, we didn't get a salary. We just got a nice, a, a better allowance than what we used to get, you know, just being at home, <laughs> mowing the grass, but we still had to mow the grass. But uh, it was one day, I guess, it was, it was while I was out of school, and I was like 15 because I had a motorcycle. My brother had, it was his, and he bought a car, so I just took over the payment on this motorcycle. I bought it from him. And Dad called one day and said something about, did I want a job? That it was at Florida Freight. And they, uh, that's well, I started him hunting. He said, do you want a job or not? If you want a job, get on that motorcycle and get your butt down here now and fill out the paperwork if you want a job. So I jumped on the motorcycle and went downtown to Florida Freight and filled out the paperwork and all that. And from that point, they took me out on the dock and I went to work. <laughs> and 
they they only had one tow they had one tow motor it was a little small one but they had like 200 floats short and long floats because we fingerprinted everything back then you know uh wasn't all this pallet freight but i ended up working there then through the summers and all that uh and then you know we we i learned how to hostel and all that and then it was they would drop us in the summer to load trailers and the drivers would pick us up and you know we they let us back it in when we got in these warehouses you know a couple of them would they was helping us so when i got 18 uh i was always out to helping the mechanic too he would always come get me to help him work on trucks you know, was, i was either on the dock or out there working with him and uh we was out there finishing up we painted a truck and uh, i was working on it and he asked me, he said something about it, they were going to look, they were looking for another driver. He said, they're going to give you a chance to drive. And I said, probably not. They said, something about it. they're going to hire another driver. So we was working on the truck. And he asked me if I wanted anything from you know, the breaker because he's going to go inside and get something, use the restroom, come back. So he'd come back out and, you know, I was working on the truck. About 20 minutes later, uh, dispatch come out. You know, Pepe says, uh, when you get done with the truck, y'all get done. I want you to go down to Southern Pack and pick this trailer up. Uh huh. He said, "Do you want to drive?" I said, "Yeah." But I was on on the uh, on my 18th birthday, I went down and got my chauffeur's license. That's all we had to have back then. And that was on a Friday, and this was on the Tuesday of the next week that I was driving. But you know, I knew how to drive at 16. My dad had a truck driving, and he taught us. Uh, I remember one time was he let me drive around the neighborhood. I was looking at the shifter shifting and. And you're getting closer to the trees, and he told me to quit looking at the shifter and certain words. And if I can't do it without looking at the shifter, I need to park the truck. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. And, and look at you now. Look at you now without a shifter. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to drive a shifter now. <laughs> I, drive, I drive a shifter now. So, you know, when you come to a stop, it's kind of like that old record goes clunk, clunk, clunk. Exactly. <laughs> I just forget to push the clutch in. Yeah, go ahead. We uh, I mess you up. Uh, uh, yeah, that, uh, then I guess as I was 19, they was going to put a contractor on, so they asked me if I wanted to buy a truck. So I ended up buying my own truck, uh, just running local. You know, cause the company we worked for, the Florida Freight, they just they put everything on the rail. Cause back then, everything was regulated, and that's the only way they could move it for the state of Florida. And uh, so we just, you know, I'd pick up the customer freight bring it back and you know and I'd, I'd haul them to the rail yard at night whatever i needed to do you know we lived down the road from one rail yard so i'd take a trailer home with me and drop it at the yard come back and go home then i'd get up in the morning go get another trailer and pick it up because it it paid 25 dollars a round trip back then and i figured that paid my you know 125 a week he'd pay for my fuel to pay my truck payment for the month and my dad always told me in this freight business this feast or famine that when the feast is there, you work, you make all you can, because when it's not there, because, you know, there's a lot of times we'd sit around to after lunch before we did anything. So, you know, we were, I worked long days, uh, and so I got married in 78, uh, and then in 79, well, let's say I turned 21, which I had my truck, I wanted, I, you know, I had, had to hit that road, I wanted to be that road driver. I had to go drive that truck. So I did that for a little bit. And, you know, it's, I tell people, you know, I was only making 55 cents a mile. I had to buy my own fuel, pay for my own truck. And, you know, we, you think about, you know, hey, we make more than that now driving that company truck. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And people think they think it's bad, but uh, it was different back then. You know, at that age of 21, you didn't get the better contracts or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then, you know, I had it, and then later on I sold it, got out of it, and then ended up working for a couple of different companies. And uh, so I ended up bought another truck, hauling container stuff like that for a transportation company here in town. And then a uh, guy wanted to buy my truck, so I sold it. And uh, there was a boy at Florida Freight had a truck that was leased on. He asked me if I'd drive his truck for a couple, you know, until he found a driver. Because he was looking for a driver. And I was, my brother-in-law was at Winn-Dixie. My brother, they kept trying to talk me to come out to Winn-Dixie. And I said, no, I don't want to be calling in every night at 6 o'clock to find out where I'm going. Yeah. You know? uh, <clears throat> so I just held off and... Uh, and then one day I ran into, I was dropping trailer, ran into a board. It was, used to be leased at Florida Freight. He was leased with Watkins Motor Lines then. And uh, so we talked for a little bit, and then I went on, and I called back later on to find out what they wanted me to do with trailer. And this pastor said, uh, James wants you, wants you to get a hold of him. I said, no, for what? He, he, he said something about Watkins is looking for some city drivers, for local, you know, to hire on. So later that day when I was on the way back to the yard, uh, we end up beside each other at a red light. Uh, so I told him, he said, you come in? I said, yeah. So I'll go park the truck. He said, come on, there's plenty of room at the, outside the gate and all in the yard. You can park there and I'll take you in to meet, to meet the terminal manager. So I went on over there and put all the paperwork in. And two weeks later, I went to work for Watkins in 81. Uh, and was there until 2006 when FedEx bought us. And it was right. FedEx National. Uh I had a good old time, and then, boy, when I started the TDC was back in 98 with Watkins. Uh, there's a safety man named Tommy Thomas. A lot of people, y'all probably know him. He kept bugging me every time he'd come to Jacksonville about doing this thing called a TDC. No, 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 I ain't going to make a fool of myself. You know, I've been driving 20-something years. I'm then, so one day I was at the fuel, and he was pulling out the gate, looked, he could fly back there. Then the next day, I got a phone call from a manager about Tommy wants to know if you're going to do this thing. And I was having, I said, tell him I'll do it. Just leave me alone. I got to sleep. And then that night, I thought, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, so they had, you know, he held the practice and stuff like that. And it, you know, that, the shop had a pre trip and all. So we went down and all that. And I was learning some stuff. And old Red McKee, he was a big help. And uh, he, he done, he'd been doing TDC for everybody in Florida knows Red McKee. Uh, he he was a good helper. He was my mentor. So Tommy had this thing going between me and him, and we didn't know it. You know, Red was in Lakeland, I was in Jacksonville. So Tommy runs down there and tells Red that he's got a guy that's been with the company twenty something years, going to come down here and kick his kick his can in the, the driving championships. <laughs> so Red Red Red's thinking this old man's going to come down there and you know to the thing, and I get there, I'm just a young young person. <laughs> which I was like 40, I think. And, uh, he, he was kind of shocked that it wasn't an old guy. So we had fun with, with the tournament like that. And first year I competed was in 98 uh, in the Twins class. Come in second place, rookie of the year. There was 135, I think, drivers in the whole competition then. And, uh, and each year it grew. And uh, I got hooked on it. Then I was back every year, been back every year ever since. And then uh, 
they did it indoors one time at Tampa at the fairgrounds, but we did it outside all the time. Uh, I made a lot of good friends through this TDC. Uh, I call them just family. It's, uh, I mean, that's what I love. That's the camaraderie of all the drivers at the TDC. Uh, you know, you, you go and then you love the competition, but, but you know, it's, it's helping other people. Right. Also. And I've helped drivers from other companies and all practice with me and all that. You know, we, we all got together uh, studying. Well, you know how we study tool man. There's right. hours and hours on the phone of my wife questioning us. And back early years when we were going to Tampa and all, uh, I was driving and my son and my wife, my son helped me a whole lot too back then. He was, he was young. And, uh, they would just, you know, she just kept giving me test question, test, test, just always, you know, but, uh, my son, when he was, he ended up working on our dock over there at uh, national and it was in 2007 Well, he used to help me and he got where he'd set up three trips too, because I showed him what to do. And we had another driver that was competing and I told him to go do the pre-trip. My son set it up and he come back, the driver had his head hanging down, like, you know, and like I looked at him, I said, don't tell me that kid just stumped you on a pre-trip. And he went, oh, 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 oh. that kid, that kid knows more about these trucks than any one of these drivers around here. You, you taught him well. And, uh, but it, it was fun through them years. And uh, he, that boy won state that year and went to nationals. Uh, I come in, I think second or third, you know, in the twins class. But, uh, I've had some pretty good luck at it, or I guess say success. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, the second year I competed, I ended up with the written exam test, uh, one of it. Uh, that was my goal is to take something home. You know, you know, yeah, I'm a competitor. Yeah, uh, right. I think it, I've won the written exam. I think twelve times through the years. It's, uh, they call it the Randy Beasley Award. I've had uh, four of the state pre-trip awards. But in 2003, uh, nationals used to be where you drove one day and pre-trip the next at that one time. And I didn't do too good driving. It was in Columbus. I hope I don't do that this year. You ain't <laughs> but, going uh, to, brother. I got paid to you. Uh, and, you know, it was like I told my wife that night, I said, I just I know I didn't do nothing. I ain't gonna be. I ain't gonna do. I said, I, I said I just go home or what? But I, told, I looked at her. I told her. I said, you know what? I said, there's something you can take home from here. I said, I'm going after that pre-trip award. I buckled. And I said, I'm going to get it, and I ended up winning it. <laughs> but I, I didn't. I didn't give up. And that, that's the thing. Anybody don't give up. Right. You know, don't don't give up. Even if you didn't do good. Go back and try to get that pre-trip award. You know, uh, there's always an award. Even you know, and you learn from it. We, I mean, I learned a lot. Uh, Tommy always the best information Tommy ever gave us. But you know, all of us was practice and study. He said, "Yeah, you know, practice and study." He's because number one, he says, "You need to know. You need to know the rules and regulations because that's your job that depends on." It. He said, well, when you're out there on that road, he says, it's it's you and the officers. You need to know them rules. And uh, 
I got stopped a couple of years ago in South Carolina for a hazmat inspection because boy pulled me over and he walks up to the door and opens the passion door and he looks, he says, driver, he says, let me ask something. He says, do you have to stop at every railroad track with these placards on? I looked at him. I said, no, I don't have to. I said, there's certain <laughs> one. He said, well, what? I said, so I told him, I said, well, if there's officers, you know, it's at, the, at the track, I said, if it's offered by a light, I gave him four to five. He said, there's five, one more. I couldn't think of the business district. And uh, I said, about the exempt railroad track and all. So then he, uh, he said, how do you know these things? He said, most drivers don't know that. He asked, well, I started competing in driving championships, and I've learned a lot. I said, you know, I've, uh, I've gone on the FMCSH page and studied stuff for myself. Someone asked a question or for something I was wondering about, I'd go look at it. So I asked guys, I said, do you know your uh, post-trip in your book comes before your pre-trip, 396.11, 396 He said, no. So while we get done, he gets his book, shows me about the railroad track. So he flips over to the other one. He says, well, you're right. He says, post-trip before the pre-trip. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, let me give you my phone number. He says, I'm going to give you my personal phone and my company, you know, the state phone. He says, if you ever need anything or if you find anything else we got backers, let me know. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and getting to know these guys. Right. Uh, for years at Florida, uh, I, I helped with the inspector's challenge. Uh, I was the driver that, you know, sitting in the truck. And I watch them guys. And you watch them guys do their job, and you, you can learn. And that's right. how I learned a lot. But that whole day I, would, I did it, I was studying because that was the night we were going to do our test. But the right. first, time I, first time I was I was volunteered to do it, you know, and, uh, we were down there in Tampa, and Troy, the captain of the motor carrier compliance is talking to Tommy and all that. So then he, Tommy called me over and I said, what? He says, you're working with Troy tomorrow. You're going to help him. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that, uh, I guess I was delicated to do it, you know, but uh, I learned a lot. Uh, had fun yeah. doing it for years because uh, they, they had scenarios that we had to do. Yeah. Uh, they gave me a sample driver license and stuff like that. And they had, you know, like if I needed sunglasses or prescription glasses or hearing aids or something like that. And then, but I don't have them. That would be the thing. And one guy come up to the truck and was asked me, he started talking. I just ignored him. Then he said something <laughs> in Spanish. I said, I don't understand that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when we got done with, with the thing and all that, yeah, he's filling out the paper and then he looks and he goes, Where's your hearing aid? And then my phone rang and I grabbed my phone real fast to shut it off. He said, Oh, you can't hear me, but you can hear that phone, can't you? <laughs> said, Come on, I don't have something. He almost he almost missed that. If I guess I hadn't mentioned that phone, he probably would have, you know, missed it on the paper. I don't know, but uh, I've had fun and I made I'm, I made some pretty good friends on on the from the DOT side. And, right. and, you know, they, they can help you out out there when you know, if something you need questions or anything, they're willing to help you. Yeah. Right. Well, but, uh, go ahead. I'm going to jump in here, Eddie. So, uh, going back early on in your st- in, in your story about you and your dad and your brother uh, in the trucking industry, uh, you've told me this story before. But tell the listening audience about. <laughs> I hate to say it this way. It's the only way I can say it is running illegal. That wasn't illegal. Come on now. <laughs> well, I, I knew how to I knew how to drive when I was 16. You know, okay. And, uh, like I said, the guys at Florida Freight back then, we 
we was drop guys. So we was one day we was stopped at the burger chef, got us something to eat, and so we'd come outside and get in the truck to go to General Food just right up the street. So he told me, You drive. So I got in the truck and drove down the street and I didn't know my cousin was in there at the time and then he they was at the house and he asked me when did I start driving? I said, Did dad don't know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh now then uh Later on, we, me and my brother, we both ended up driving to Florida Freight. Uh, and then Terry ended up working for a, a company called Dixie Egg. And he, he ran to the farms picking up the eggs, but then they had him running the road. So he was going to Virginia one time. So he called and asked me, yeah. he was 20, I was 19. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Virginia, will you? So, you know, we drove up to Virginia, <laughs> delivered the eggs and come back. <laughs> But it was like a few weeks later, he was, I think, it was Georgia, Alabama, somewhere out there near the state line, and he got stopped for a DOT, and he was only 20 years old. Oops. <laughs> so, you know, the company, he, uh, so after that, they just had him stay in Florida until he turned 21. But then, things were a lot different back in those days. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, exactly it wasn't bad, uh, you know, which we didn't know a lot. Like I said, when it comes to rules and regulations, I guess you can say, I didn't learn a lot till I went to, to work for Watkins yeah. and, and really it come down to, to TDC until then. That's when I really started learning rules and regulations. Yeah. I mean, cause we used to work all kind of hours at Florida freight back then, you know, which you know, nowadays you ain't going to find a 15, 16 year old kid working on a freight dock. Tell labor law, don't allow it. But back then it did. Tell it us. Tell us a little bit about Watkins and, and your experience there at Watkins. Uh, it was a good company. It's a good family-oriented family company. Uh, they were uh, really, I said, you know, when you saw John Watkins, it's you didn't call him Mr. Watkins. You uh, called him John. Right. Uh, and the, when I worked for them, it was, I said, started on June 15, 1981. And then I went on the road in 89 with them. Uh, you, did you ever run the city with them, Eddie, or was you just always yeah. a road driver? Yeah, yeah, I run from 81 to 89. But I did, I'd fill in for the road drivers on, you know, when they was off. We had two road drivers at the time. One running a Atlanta relay, one Charlotte relay. And uh, then when one opened up, I decided I'd go and do it. And I probably thought about going sooner, but I didn't. But, you know, in, in the end, I've got two great kids because I probably wouldn't have had, had them if I had went on the road back in eight, in 81 when it was offered to me one time. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, had, I had run the road uh, prior to that with Florida Freight and then with my own truck back then. And uh, I'll tell you a little thing about We were, a couple of us went down to Orlando one year. We went to a Fleetwood Mac concert. And we were staying at a hotel right there on I-4. And that night, just watching the trucks run up and down i4 all the chicken lights and all that i, I said i said i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do that one day. i'm gonna be driving i'm gonna drive i'm gonna be on the road one day and then i remember one first time i went by that hotel going you know down i4 it was like it was yesterday you know right uh and, you know that when i first started driving i was joking around about so I'm, I'm on my own truck my sister laughed at me but when i bought my own truck she said i guess you're gonna do what you want to do <laughs> Well, you know, she said, if you put your mind to it, I mean, but like I tell anybody, if, if you're going to buy a truck, you better know how to work on one. 
And That's I right. learned a lot. I learned a lot by working with that mechanic out there. He was retired from the city of Jacksonville, and then he ended up working for Florida Freight. Yeah. Uh, Frank is a good old guy, but he can he can get mean sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it was Watkins was a good company, and I had fun. I did city for years and uh, worked a dock city, all of it. It's part of the job. And we had a new truck come in one time, and I knew no, it was a flatback Mac. And some of the guys says, I, I, I can't drive that thing. And then they, one of them says, well, you drove one of them at overnight. I said, it's a truck. So I said, give me the truck. Give me the truck. I'll take it. But then come to find out it was one of the fastest trucks we had. <laughs> and they all wanted it. <laughs> you know how that goes. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, and, and when TDC, when it comes to TDC, you know, I did twins for years. And then I started going into the different classes. Uh, tank class, flatbed, three-axle, Four and five. I, I I did everything but straight truck. So and uh, go ahead. So I don't think the I don't think you'll mind me telling this. Um, yeah, you started your career in the uh, twins, and this is where you wanted to end your career, right? Yeah. 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 As I said last year, I do the TDC. I'm gonna do twins, and if somebody when I did the twins, they was it kind of someone come said, "Are you retiring? You you this is it, ain't?" I said, "This is it." So I said I, I was going to finish out in the Twins. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let Steve jump in here if he's got some questions. What was your first truck? What 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 was the first truck you bought? Uh, white Japanese straight liner. Copy I don't that. know what that. You don't know what that was, do you? A white 7400 cab over. Right. Right. That's what it was. Then yeah. the second one I bought was a road commode. Road commode too. An old road commode. Road I drove, commander. I drove a road commode uh, at uh, truck driving school. That's what they had on the shift course. Was old road commode. And it, these these are two. They were cab overs. Uh, first truck I drove was a Florida Freight with a white four thousand. Right. Two fifty two fifty with a solid seat. Solid. Yeah. No air, con no air yeah. conditioning. <laughs> no cab. Eddie, let's move into present time here now because we've been talking a lot about the past and all. And uh, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually scrolling and looking at some of the comments there, and uh, uh, somebody was talking about you and the uh, cobblestone road and riding your horse. And uh, somebody asked what the uh, was your first truck, gasoline or diesel, and and then somebody come back and said it was on a horse. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you off the air. I'll tell you off the air who it was. But uh, anyway, l l let's come back up. And you're you're going to uh, Four C's tomorrow. For the listeners that doesn't know what Four C's is, that is FedEx's um, boot camp, basically for the uh, training for the uh, truck driving championships. But um, Eddie, tell us a little bit about how you prepare, not just for the nationals, but tell us how you prepare for uh, state competitions. Well, you know, someone asked me one one time. I said, "When do you when do you practice?" I said, "I practice year round." And he said, "Bull, uh, yeah, you drive every day. I mean, every time you you go somewhere, every time you make a left turn, right turn, riding down the road, left side, right side. Every time you stop somewhere, do a front stop, back stop. Uh, I've got stuff painted all over the yard and the fuel bay. I got a railroad stop and a front line stop in the fuel bay, so you can do." Every every other day you can do one, right? It's just playing around, you know. You, you just 
I, I call it practice, but it's you know it's something we do every day, and just when it, then it comes time for TDC, I'm over there on the weekends on uh, Saturday or Sunday, and we're out there for pretty long days and you know set up courses and setting up pre-trips and uh that's another thing that tdc has helped me with is from the first time i went to the tdc i realized how complacent you know i did a pretty good pre-trip i looked at all you know mechanical stuff and all that i thought i did pretty good but i realized i could do a lot better there's things that i didn't think about and that's the thing about tdc it not only helps it helps you when you when you come to your pre-trip because i've always told the drivers that you know whenever we pull out that gate that little monkey sits on your shoulder right there and you're responsible for that monkey all day long yeah and right. if, you, if it if it ain't right you know you you know but it's it's something that helped me out through the years uh and it's something that you know i try to encourage everybody to do a proper pre-trip before you leave uh, if anything's wrong, get it fixed. Uh, better be fixed on the yard than it is out there on the road, just like Steve said. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to have blowouts or something, or somebody's going to have a blowout. Uh, yep. I just encourage everyone that don't hang out beside the truck. You know, there's there's trucks out here now that will want to run side by side for miles, but if, if you get out there, back off and let them go. If you're in the left lane, they won't let you go. Just back off and let them go. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's you and you want to make it home to your family every night. That's my goal. Right. I wanted to always, I always want to come home to my family safe every day or night, you know, no matter what. Uh, but the four C's is a big thing. The boot camp, it, it, it's rough when it's hot because you're out there all day, Saturday and Sunday in that heat. And it gets brutal sometimes, which, you know, I'm from Florida, but it's still hot. Still hot. Yeah. <laughs> It, that, uh, that, that heat's magnified out there on that white concrete. It is, and I've been watching the weather. It looks like it's going to be like an 80s and 60s up there. Is what I'm looking forward to going this year. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> going to be nice uh, weather for you. It was a hundred, little over 100 degrees today when I got home. I had to get get yard mode, and it was hot. But uh, now the the competition I've I've enjoyed uh, it's nationals. Uh, yeah. I've come in second place. I've had a third place. There's three axle and a sleeper. Uh, I've had a condition award. They call it vehicle condition award up there at National for the pre-trip. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, it's been a good career. I mean, it's trucking is good. It's, it's different now than what it was when I first started. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like Stump, I know you, you stood, everybody's probably listened to a lot of them know Stump. And I first met him, he said, how long I was driving? He, he said, man, you was driving, I was in diapers. He says, uh, I said, I was in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes, he, he said, you're going out in diapers. I said, no, I'll be going out in depends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How many how many trips to nationals have you made? How many state competitions have you won that? Uh, this is my thirteenth, I think. I've had three when I was at Watkins, two at FedEx National. This is my eighth one with freight. Congratulations! Uh, well, I just I actually just had Stump's picture up there, him and uh, John Lex's picture John up Lex. there. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, that's a good place for us to transition into. Uh, 
some of these uh, pictures I got loaded here. So uh, we're going to talk about these just for a minute. We won't spend a lot of time on them, uh, but um, uh, tell us about this uh, beautiful lady right here. Oh, that's the woman that took my heart. I guess you can say she took my belly back in early years because that woman can cook. <laughs> 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 they, they say, yeah, they say, wait till a man's heart's through his belly. Yeah. Uh, we got married in 78. She's put up with me now for almost 45 years. How, so, how, how important is Kim to you and what you do with the TDC? Uh, very important, a lot. She is a big backer of it for me. Uh, like I said, studying, you know, how we study. Yeah. Uh, she would get, she's would go up and help, help me practice and all in the early years, her and Brian, I'd be in that air conditioned truck. They're out there in the hot sun. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I think I was going to say, but it'll come to me in a minute. That's yeah. She, uh, very, I mean, I, I could, I'd be lost without her tool, man. I mean, right. She she is one of my biggest supporter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When 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 I'm out there competing, she's gonna be in that stand. Right. Like when we when we were out there this year, looked over there, she was one of the first ones in the stands when they did national championship. Yeah, because she's gonna watch. She's gonna catch your scores and all that. Then uh, uh, I tell you a story about that one year when was at nationals. It was I got confused on what day they was. You know, we have different color shirts and. I went back and I, I, could, I didn't see Kim out there. I said, where's, and that's after she had, I think it was her knee, knee surgeries. And I kind of was worried about her. And I said something and one of the guys says, it's purple shirt day. <laughs> I said, there was nobody out there in the orange shirts. Yeah, then I said, well, she was out there somewhere in that sea of purple. Right. Uh, that's that's what I always when I get to go to work TDCs and stuff with the road team and I talk to them I I that's one of the first things I mention is the support team behind the driver whether it's a husband a wife boyfriend girlfriend mm -hmm. children you know you don't know what you mean to that driver that's out there on that course right now all them Saturdays and Sundays that you spend in the pouring down rain and the, and the heat and everything else that that support team is is the backbone of of tdc and you know and i mean that's that's what you need yeah. when you when you come out of that truck if 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 you did bad on that course you still get that hug you know yeah you know and that's that's it that support team is is number one it is i mean you know and, and you gotta have it uh like i said when the year i did bad up there and I told her, and she said, well, go do it. I mean, you know, it's, she is my big mentor, and, I mean, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't do without her. Right. I mean, everybody says that. Right. Everybody says, how does, how, wants to know how she puts up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, it's like, uh, I said, well, I said, you know, we, we got along great in early years. That You know, I ran nights. She worked days. I said, the bed didn't get made for 15 years. She got out and I got in. Right. I said, so, you know, I said, we just pass each other and said, have fun at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, it, it, how many years of safe driving miles do you have combined? Uh, over 4 million. Over 4 million, yeah. Yeah. Man, I tell you what. I started started driving in '76. Is when I started actually driving. Yeah. And now it's 
40, 46 years. I got seven. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's getting so much, so, so long. You can't remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. It happens with age. <laughs> hey, let, let's get into some of these other pictures I got loaded up here. So I, I loaded this one on purpose because I wanted you to see, uh, this is what you're going to be doing here shortly. You, you're going to have the camper somewhere. You're going to be camping in, in your retirement life. So, yeah, but I probably won't be sitting looking at that phone with all that factory driver stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now tell us about these youngins here. Oh shoot, that's my that's my that's my pride and joy right there. That's Lila I'm holding, and that's Ari, my grandson. Yeah. Uh, they're nine and five now. We just took them camping just this past weekend. We was out had yeah. them for four days. Yeah, they ain't uh, nothing like that. Uh, I, and and this is you and Ari right here, and and you are actively you actively coach, coach him, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, okay. That's another thing I did for years, and back at Watkins, you know, which I ran nights, and it gave me a lot of opportunity. I, I coached Chad's baseball team from T-ball all the way till he went into high school baseball. Yeah, I got and you. Then uh, Brian, he didn't play a lot of baseball, but then when in school. At the high school, uh, when they got golf back, I told the athletic director because I knew Bo and all that because you know Chad and all the sports that I would I'd help him with the golf team, and so he taught me into getting my credentials and taking some classes. So I did, and then he he gave me the team. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean my golf game was real good back then too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I, yeah, I hear you're a pretty doggone good golfer for sure. So not um, as good as it once was. <laughs> Like the old song says. Well, look, look, you're going to have plenty of time after you retire to uh, up your golfing game. How about that? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> so th this is Team FedEx for Florida here, and uh, and you're you're holding the uh, championship uh, trophy there. And I recognize a lot of people in that picture there. But just go ahead and speak to this picture and tell us about that feeling that night. Oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, you're sitting there and – you, 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 you kind of thinking, okay, I, I just wanted to hear one name that night. That's all I want to hear. Just want give me this, just call this one name before you call mine. When they called his, I knew I had my first place. So then I was sitting there talking to my wife, and it was, I said, you know, I said, if I just had to hit, hit that one other obstacle, that one other obstacle, I said, I probably would have been grand champion. And it just, <laughs> I, I probably, you know, I, I might have made it. And <clears throat> didn't think about it. Then, you know, they went on and, uh, when they sat there and called out the grand champion, I just sat there and they called my name. And she said, "That's you." Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was like I wasn't expecting. It was a shocker. I mean, yeah. it's uh, and I'm thankful. I mean, it was it's uh it's hard earned. Uh, it's not an easy task. Uh, that was the second time I got it, but I first different. They had a different trophy then than the Big Eagle. Uh, but like I said, my, my room here that's got all my trophies in it. I've got all the trucks from all the nationals I've been in. Uh, hey, every hey, yeah. Just give us a 360 real quick, like with your phone. Just kind of scan around that room. You don't have to get up and walk around. Just show us a little bit because that is well, a yeah, trophy room for sure. There's stuff. Well, that's one of them. Easy. I got to get up because it's over here okay. on this wall too. And there's looks like there's one grand champion there and. Some of my early early trophies here, and, it just uh, keeps and going. there's, and here's all my 
trucks around the room from all the nationals and all. Uh, I'll, awesome. show you the first, I'll show you the first truck. Here you Everybody talks about how old I am. Let me show you no. my old first truck. See if I can find it. There it is. There you go. That's you. That's you. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's uh, and there's more of my, that's my. And, and, and show us this year's uh, trophy. Okay, this I know is, you got this, it displayed right here. Yeah, this is the, uh, well, I'll find, got a little camera. That's nice. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, yep. uh, yes. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, that is awesome, Eddie. I mean, that's that's just um, a testament to your hard work and your dedication over the years, and and the absolutely support that you have from your family and the the various companies that you know, you worked for that gave you the opportunity to um, compete in the TDC. So uh, I congratulate you on that. And, you know, that, that is that is just awesome. And, you know, I want to thank you because you've been a friend of me over the years. I've actually had the opportunity to go down and practice with you. And, uh, you know, the time that you and I put into uh, studying, you know, whether it be on the phone or uh, updating some tests and test questions and all that. So I want to thank you for pouring your knowledge into me. Um, uh, you know, it's what it's about. It's helping each other, paying it forward. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's any way I can help somebody. You know, uh, that's even at four C. That's the thing I do. And you know, uh, I want to see people do good. That's that's my thing. I want somebody. I want to see other people have success at it or or, or do good. Right. And so I'll help. I'll help them out any way I can. You know, uh, <laughs> the picture with John Lex. I remember the first time I met John Lex. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting into that. Tell us, tell us a little bit about you and John Lex, because you are, you are a, and, and many people might not know this, Eddie. And I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, how integral you are with him becoming a road team captain. Tell us that story there. The, uh, I can't remember what year it was. It was in Tampa, doing the nose on blitz, and first year I met him, he had the truck for the Walmart. And I wrote him, Jay, the safety guy. And we went to the school first. Uh, so I was on the Florida road team at the time. And, you know, we, I got in there, we, was talk, introduced, we had to do 10. I was introduced to everybody, you know, and I said, I said well, I'll, if y'all want to talk. As soon as I introduced John and Jay, you know, they said, we'll see you at the truck. <laughs> they <laughs> took off. They wouldn't even stay in front of that class and talk. But went out to the truck, and he's sitting in the passenger seat of the truck, and he was he was in his zone, his comfort zone at that point. And he he talked to the kids. I put him in the truck. You know, he did all the talking there with that. And then next thing you know, he's on the Florida routine. And next now he's then he's America's road team. And I used to joke, what joke with? I said, the first time you ever did something, you ran out the room and hid. <laughs> here you are. <laughs> they can't get you to stop. And John I, John was a good old guy. I love John. Yeah, and, yeah, and and, and and tell us a little bit about your relationship with Greg Sams. That was my brother from another mother. Uh, first time I met Stunt, well, uh, when he come down, it was 
was going to PDC or going to be something. Tommy said who it was, and I said, he said, Greg, Greg Sams. I said, I don't know no Greg Sams. He said, Greg Sams from Milan. I said, don't know Greg Sams. Then he said, Stump. I said, oh, that's his real name? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know his real name was, was Greg. It was Stump. You know, we all called him Stump. Right. Uh, and we, we studied a lot together. Like I said, he come up with some stuff on that study guide stuff that we did. Uh, when he was, you know, FedEx up there in about Austin and all, uh, he started a lot of the, a lot of that stuff too. Uh, we practiced together a lot. We played golf together and, and very competitive with each other. Uh, we try to distract each other on the course sometime. I remember one time he got in a truck with Eddie Weeks and Eddie was complaining about it being hot. Stump turns the heater on in the truck and gets it real hot before Eddie got in it. <laughs> <laughs> But he, and he tell he tell you you know you you gotta learn distractions. But right, we were right. practicing one time in Ocala. I can tell you something. The little fellow could run. I can tell you that. Yeah. But I was in the truck doing turn. I was, I was I was having trouble with the right turn. It was one of my nemesis. So he said, "We're gonna you're gonna get that right turn down before we stop." And we there long time. And I wore blisters on my hand. I'd said something. He you know, you know stump. I ain't gonna go into it. But so I take off and go around get away from it. Next time I turn look, he was right there behind that truck. <laughs> that little fella. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we were, we were good friends. Like I said, he was, he was like a brother to me. And, yeah. uh, he was, he was my younger brother and I had to put up with him, but in his stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he, 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 he is definitely, definitely missed in this industry because he was a big part of it. And, uh, he is. And, and, and and he he did not meet a stranger. I mean, I'm telling you, if he didn't, no, if he, he did not, yeah, he didn't meet a stranger for sure. Um, That's true. I um, we're, we are Eddie. I hate to say it, but we've had fun. We are starting to wind down the show, and it, it's the post trip part of the show. And Steve, man, I can't believe you're so quiet tonight, Steve. I'm just listening to man talk. <laughs> I'm listening to man talk. I, I will say this. Eddie, I got the pleasure of the first time meeting you in 2014 over at Four Seats. And you friended me that day. And if I had any questions at all, you didn't hesitate. You know, and a couple people see me talking to you and they said, there's a good one right there. You, you can learn a lot from that man. And I just want to say thank you. Thanks for everything you've done for the industry over the years. And it's not see you later. It's, right. you know. It's it's see after a while, brother, because you you your your name is etched in stone, man. You know, and uh, I'm gonna be over Saturday morning there in Columbus, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be listening. I'm gonna be listening because I know your name's gonna be in that top five. Uh, that's oh, all yeah. I want to hear. That's it, uh, baby. That's it. Get yeah, I'm, I'm not. I might be retiring, but I'm not going away. That's like exactly. I told him down there. I said I'll be popping back up. That I'll be at. I'll be going to that TDC. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. And, I, and a safety drive for cure. Yeah, no doubt. Go uh, real quick about that. I mean, Stump got me into going up there. He's the one talked about it, so we right. that's when we started going up there to that. Uh, to me, that that's another thing that gets gets your gets you started for the year, and in, in for right. the TDC. And the first, you know, I went up there the first time. I I went and did the sleeper class because I was going to do the sleeper class in state, and they had that biggest. Longest Peterbilt hook. I think that thing was 80 feet long with that trailer. Ah. 
With a black or burgundy? With a black, black or burgundy? The black. The black, black yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I said, I told Charlie uh, Dimitri, I said, I don't think I better do sleeper. I mean, that, that's another thing, the camaraderie up there. And, uh, you know, the, it's, it's, it's a family affair. That's, uh, that's like going to, to going to national, going to four C's, going to the state TDC, going to uh, safety drive. To me, it's going to see my my brothers and sisters in transportation. It's right. my, it's my fa- it's my adopted family. Right. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Well, I hate I hate to end a, a good conversation. I had some people that I promised that I'd have you off the air and have you tucked into bed, ready to get on your plane in the morning. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cut it off here because uh, you got a lot you got a hard mm-hmm. weekend and week uh, ahead of you there, but. Uh, we want to thank the listening audience tonight for uh, listening in. And I know some of you are going to see Eddie and Andy because I see that y'all are listening in. Uh, Henry Mailer was listening in. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, so they, a lot of people's going to uh, listen in tonight. But uh, Eddie, we always end the show with a word of encouragement, uh, whether it be safety or uh, some tips to some rookies that might be going to uh, national. So, we're going to let you have the platform and then Steve will, and then I'll, I'll end the show and uh, we'll see you on the other side after we off the air. Okay. All right. Uh, well, when it comes to the rookies, it's their first year or whatever uh, at the nationals, stay relaxed. Don't worry how you do take it as a learning experience. Cause it will be a learning experience. My first one was, uh, and take it from there and then come back. Just take what you learn, apply it, and then keep going after each each year at state. Uh, and then what you learn, take it back to your barn or whatever and talk to your guys. Always, number one, safety is first. Uh, your life or nobody's life is worth doing something unsafe. Uh, like I said, if you're out here traveling, always leave yourself a room around you. If, if you're trying to struggle to get somebody buy somebody you can't just back off get behind them it's only a minute or so you're gonna you're gonna lose in a day and right. yeah you're, you're gonna exactly. you're gonna save a lot of time that way uh but like i said study like the without the ones like you working tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop no matter your industry, Granger's here for you with professional grade supplies. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This film undoubtedly is the best film I've done since the Passion of the Christ. And it was enormous uh, challenge. But these are the things that um, where when the film is over, you you don't leave your seat. Um, your heart's on fire um, and you want to do something and that's why I was called into this business you shot it almost five years ago right Mm -hmm. it's been done for almost three years Mm -hmm. so what happened to have us sit here today and talk about a film coming out in a couple of weeks I'm going to answer the first Part of that, and then you can talk about the studio because you understand that. I, I'm going to say something I, th- I think we keep forgetting to say. Just remember this. You remember this, Jim. They, when they, the day they, they chose we're going to start filming. So let's go back to when they're filming in Columbia. 
I was I was there twice. I didn't have I, you know it's just to show up and just see what this is like. It's a strange process to watch a movie being made, but um, but I, I showed up in that first day and, and the producer came in and says We're, the funding fell through. Oh come on! The fun. I mean, what are you talking about? I'm sitting with Jim Caviezel in a hotel in, in Bogota, Colombia, about to film, and they said we don't know if we're going to film on Monday. It was like Saturday, and we're sitting there. Remember, we're talking in the patio, like, what is, is this? How the industry works? Like, wow. the, the funding fell through. I don't know what that means. And um, Eduardo Verastegui, hero, heroic act. Mm. The, the little money he did have that didn't fall through, it would have got him only. I mean, a once you start production, yeah. he's a, he's liable. If he can't finish the film, you, mm-hmm. he's going to get sued mm-hmm. by those the, the investors who think that everything's in. And he said, you remember this? You see, he said, go. I trust that God will give us the rest at the right time. He's like, we have enough money to fund like, I don't know, three weeks of production or something like that. And I'm just, I'm just watching this as a, as a lay person. Like, is this how movies are made? Had you ever experienced anything like that before? Well, on the other side, on the other side, uh, mm, a little bit. Uh, But this one was, (laughs) he came out, we were in the car together and I said, "Uh, bro, we got, we got lightning in a bottle here. Mm. What, what we've shot so far is beyond, uh, and, um, you know, I just give you an idea, Count of Monte Cristo, lightning in a bottle, um, passion, lightning in a bottle. Um, that's what we have here. So I kind of felt like we, there's gotta be a reason for all this. We were, I think we dropped like 5 million bucks that we were out. And so Fox just got bought out by Disney. Long story short, um, um, at that, at that point, we were just trying to get the, the, the money back in the film. And I don't know how they did it. I'm on set there and, and my wife is, you know, are, are the Navy SEAL, are, do you have your special forces guys there? Cause you know, Tim, they promised they'd be there and they weren't around. So I was like, yeah, they're all over the place. <laughs> and, but they were, his, his, his wife on. didn't want him to come. <laughs> They're film actually, and because we, in, we promised security. Yeah. yeah, and so we promised security. And- uh, we were in some pretty dangerous areas there, <laughs> and and it, I mean, I'm telling you, like when you see them pulling the cocoa leaves, well, they're really good at that. But you understand <laughs> where we're at. <laughs> so um, the the yeah, it was an operation just to get this movie. They were doing yeah. an operation, literally an operation, while we were down there. All this is going on. Wow. And all I could do is just just stay on the next play, just stay on the next play. But I told him, I said, you know, if it's, he was asking me about, you know, your history in film. And I said, if it's a good film, it'll come out. But if it's phenomenal, you're going to have problems. Oh, dear. And so we were having problems. So, hey, obviously we we have one for the ages. We've got a shot, but we got to stay on top of it. You realize, Tim, how important it was for your choice to get Jim in the film because a lead actor in a major motion picture hearing the funding is gone is probably going to walk. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and because this is not something that you're doing for a living, this is something you're doing uh, because it's a calling. <laughs> yeah. You know, think, think of what we're really talking about. You're, you're sitting in a movie theater as a young man. Yes. The love of Jesus envelops you, calls yes. you into film. You make enough movies to get to the point where you're now playing Jesus and the passion, the ultimate choice of love. Sure. And then you see the passion. He's your choice for this film. And here we sit today. Uh, And because it's a great movie, it has a lot of problems. Yeah. And can I just add one one piece that just came to mind is, and one reason why (laughs) I needed it to be him, 
you'll see in the film, you know, going into dark places is, is scary. There's a reason I don't watch this movie. I can't watch it just because it's so personal. It's like, I cry, I sweat, I just, it's just, I mean, they're filming things that happen. They're filming on site exactly where it happened. Like with the little boy that's, we pull out of the van, same lane in the port of entry. Oh. The island scene is like two miles from the actual island. Um, and so one thing that there's a scripture that I always tell myself that gives me the courage to go when I'm in that moment. And it's the one time in the scripture, maybe the only time that, that Jesus gets mafioso in his word. And I'm not talking about flipping tables over on the temple. I'm talking about mafioso. It's Jesus, so it's, it's righteous. But he tells you what's going to happen to you if you hurt children. Yeah. And he says, better than a millstone be wrapped about your neck and you cast to the bottom of the sea. And that's better for you than what's going to happen if you do this. And so uh, that gives me courage because I say, well, he, I know where he stands. And, and that means if he stands that way and I'm going to find kids, he's right, he's right here. Yeah. And his angels are, are everywhere. So Jim, in the film, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps. Because totally is in, in the film, at a pivotal moment, that's a real, a true, really accurate depiction in the, in the coffee shop when I'm talking as a pedophile undercover as myself. If you remember that very it's a true story, um, and he gives me a little his little pedophile book and all that cre creepy. They reenacted it. Yeah. The one thing I didn't say in that scene, mm. and it wasn't even in the script. Jim ad libbed it while they're filming. Wow. He looks across the table at the guy in this kind of ironic, weird, but really brilliant, brilliant moment, and he says. It's better, right before he told him he's under arrest, he said, it's better than a millstone. Mm -hmm. Be cast about your neck. You remember that? And the pedophile's kind of like, well, what does that, that mean? Yeah. Yes. And it's a brilliant scene. And I, and I just, I cried when I watched that because mm -hmm. it wasn't even in the script. And I said, that is why yeah. I chose him. I heard this in my heart when I was filming it. I mean, these are the deepest, the deepest prayers I ever have done um, have always made me the greatest of the man that I couldn't be without Jesus. And he said, um, can you love my children more than you fear evil? Can you love, just as can you love Jesus more than you fear the cross? <laughs> and there is a go-to time and a power that is extraordinary where, um, where I'm not afraid of anything. And my heart was so on fire that uh, I, it was the best I ever was. And th this film undoubtedly is the best film I've done since the Passion of the Christ. And it was enormous uh, challenge. It took two years just to come off this uh, movie, but it it has great qualities in it. Um, it it's a full-on adventure film. You, you, it is um, taken, the film taken with a yeah. huge heart. But these are the things that um, where when the film is over, you, you don't leave your seat. Um, <laughs> your heart's on fire um, and you want to do something. And that's why... I was called into this business and, and I gave my career to Jesus. You pick my roles for me, you know? And so in this time period where we're seeing films that are 
just, it, I mean, it has to be intentional where Christianity is completely sidelined mm. and we continue to take it. Mm. We get on our knees with our mask on rather than standing on our feet. <laughs> and so um, you and I were talking about Reagan earlier, we were talking about the, the documentary in the face of evil. And I loved mm -hmm. what he had said in one of the th things where Reagan said, and I kind of ma made a few amendments, but we cannot but buy our security of one nation under God, our freedoms in Christ, our savior from the threat of the devil any longer by committing an act of immorality so great as saying to millions and millions of little children now caught beyond the iron curtain of sex trafficking, Give up your dreams of freedom now, because in order to save our own skins, we're just too willing to make a deal with your slave masters. Wow. And Alexander Hamilton said that any nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. And back at what you said, yes, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. This is in the Gospels. You read it. You've got, you know, John the Baptist. Well, I don't want to be him. Well, why not? I mean, <laughs> what about St. Paul? I don't want to read him. He got his head chopped off too. You know, we're all playing a, a character in scripture right now. It's wow. not just a history book. It wow. is actually something when you read it, you feel it burning in your hearts. That fire comes on. Oh, it's just never the best, the greatest. That was, you know, what I believe this was all intended. And I embraced this guy because... He had a childlike quality to him, you know, the, 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 the belief that, you know, it doesn't matter how bad this is. Kind of like David walking down and having these guys just hearing Goliath just rip the yeah. Philistines ripping on his yeah. God. That's all he couldn't take. Right. And someone like this guy walks over to these leaders and he says, mm -hmm. after I take his head off, you're going to go around the backside. And th that's what men follow. They follow courage. Yeah. And that to me is what I want to be as a Christian. And I don't, I'm not always that. Yeah. And you know, God doesn't always choose the best, but he chose me. So what am I going to do about it? God hath chosen the foolish to confound the wise. And we're all sitting here. <laughs> we can all qualify as the least qualified to do what God's called us to do. But you know, you know there's, a, there's a scene in, in the film You've picked out a little moment in the film that you've liked and you've, you, you're, you're kind of zeroing in on some. But you know, the, the, the writers chose to put kind of the word of the Lord in a former drug lord kingpin that assists you when he basically almost shames you into doing what your mission was. And so the former bad guy now turned good guy that helps you with this mission is almost the pivotal little thing. God, God will use anyone at any time he chooses. Bill Camp, Bill yeah. Camp, what a brilliant actor. Brilliant, brilliant it was, actor. It was a great and, scene. And it's a real, it's a real scene. I mean, that's when Angel Studios requires you to give eight to get qualified. They have the guild, they have this guild program. The, the guild has to decide. Mm -hmm. And we had to pick the best five minutes and I was going to the, the action scenes, all that. And they said, no, no. Someone said, no. It's the five minutes when Bill Camp does that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, these guys deserve Academy Awards for that scene right there. A couple of things happened in that scene. And it's a true story, by the way. 
So I mean, for the audience, just yeah. just tell them a little. Don't don't give away a ton, but no. just what does he say to you? And take us back to that real moment. So this is a former drug cartel uh, runner. He, he ran money for them. Um, Vampiro got, got the Vampiro is his name in the film. Uh, I gave him the name Batman. He was my informant. I, I called him that, but DC Comics wouldn't release the name, so he had they wanted the, the vampire. That's what they chose the vampire. <laughs> nice. I, know, I was like, nice. I like it's a that. nickname for Hexagon. Like Bambi either. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I called him Batman because he's crazy. He works in, in the dark in the night, and and I kind of helped him as a, you know, I was like, hey, there's a better way to do this. Bring law enforcement in, and so we're working on this case together, and, and then I get shut down. Yeah. And this, this is a man who, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't give it away, but what he says about... It's a pivotal moment in the whole movie, moment. in my opinion. But. And he's about to, he tells a story about he's, he, he realizes he's the darkness. Yeah. And he, he puts a gun to his head and says, if there's a God, now's the time to ask. And, I'm, and you know, Jim just does this. Um, Jim does something with his eyes in this. You know, yeah. I've mentioned it many times. I don't know. I said, because he, he tells him, he says, he says... I, I'm, here I am. I didn't kill myself. You know, and, he, and he says, when God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. Well, then that, that just the reason why you see that reaction is because I took me right back into that movie theater. Come on now. And, and I was like, you're talking to me from above. And wow. he can talk. God can speak to anybody. Yeah. And um, if, you should buy tickets just to watch his reaction. Moment. He didn't say a thing. He says a, he says a million things just through his eyes. And I remember after I saw the film, that's, I, I said, Jim, how did you do that? And do you remember what you said to me? He said, he, 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 you just said two words. You said, Holy Ghost. My goodness. Yeah. And I said, yeah, because I, it was, inc- it's, this, it's the most incredible interchange in that bar. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, to those that understand these, some of these terms, the inciting incident, you know, it really, usually the inciting incident is earlier in the film, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> this moment that was portrayed there was really the key to who you are and what you became, really. Absolutely. And man, to think that the Holy Spirit would drag you back to the original moment there in that movie theater when God called you to be an actor. Yeah. I've never, Jim, I've, I've never heard anyone say that that directly before. Yeah. That I felt the presence and the love of Jesus and he asked me to be an actor. I've never heard anyone say that before. I've had a lot of people pursuing <laughs> dreams and, and visions and I've never heard anyone really go that, that yeah. hardcore with it well, before. Well, it it, that's what happened. And I remember when the passion was coming out, it was out and then we were CNN running, they were running hit pieces on us all the time. And I remember walking into this bar in my hometown, Mount Vernon, and a group of guys there. And I remember I did kind of open my mouth about how God told me to that, and they yeah. were like making jokes of it. I said, hey, you remember that idiot talked about God, you know, coming to him? And I said, you guys were right though. What, but one day I'm gonna be an actor. And this is playing while they're showing. Oh my Jesus. Because nobody's ever gonna admit they're wrong. So you're not wrong, I'm wrong. Wow. But one day I will be an actor, you'll see. So I use that uh, in a lot of the stuff I do. You know, this is uh, it, it, a lot, because a lot of the stuff isn't fun. I mean, it's, it's uh, either the weather, the, the, it's miserable at times, you know, especially when you're in the jungle like that and the heat conditions, I, it, it's so hot. I can't even, you're, you know, it's like your brain's at 120 degrees. You mm-hmm. can't even think.
For my next trick, I will get a real offer to sell this car in less than two minutes. It's not really magic. Just an instant online offer from CarMax, good for seven days. Great crowd. CarMax, car selling reimagined. Um, and uh, so um, sometimes every now and then you think about all oh, those guys that said, <laughs> you ain't going to do it. This movie is tough. Yeah. It's a subject, but we need this win in the box office on this subject. We need this win. Absolutely. But what, what, what did you experience? Well, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's a heavy movie to watch. Um, it's our children. Do you know a heavy movie to watch is It's, it's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> yeah, right. No, when yeah. you're in the bar scene and Stuart is sitting there um, saying, God, if you're out there, please help me. Yeah. And he's weeping. And... That one of his men talked about, you know, how many missions he flew over Nazi Germany and how many guys didn't make it back. And he says, one thing that people don't realize is that when we have our um, comms on going in, we have to be quiet. When a plane is shot down, you hear all the screaming of the boys going down and it it haunts you. And that was in that scene. And so, but that film, uh, you know, resurrects me. Mm-hmm. It it there is a cross, and it, it, and, but yeah. there is no there is no uh, resurrection without the cross. That's right. And but in the film, you're gonna laugh. Mm-hmm. There are great moments in it. There are mm-hmm. great moments there, just like in life. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to take us to something much deeper mm-hmm. than the industry can take us to. Because look, you can't say hey, we want um, a, a film that has many truths in it. There's one truth. That's it. Right. And so we had an opportunity. Uh, to put that in and every day I get up and I and I'm like I'm not the you know I I can't do this without him right but I want I remember the part in uh, one of the gospels I think it was Matthew curate ipsum cure thyself it takes a yes from us and then let God do the rest let him reach out and he'll pull you right in just like he did with me and so I'd go in and it with pure abandon and that's where I really linked into this guy's heart um, uh, through Jesus like that and so the if I was the devil I would never want this film to uh, be seen but you know time round out for him <laughs> it's got to be seen <laughs> yes it did <laughs> your thoughts well I think I think from a woman's perspective I mean I I, I love men that stand for strong values and know how to get a job done. (laughs) So I'm in good company right now. I think as a woman, it's like, well, how can I help? What can I do? How can I see? Uh, Chris Kane is one of my dearest friends. She's got 821. Can you see me? You know, and and so I walk a lot. We we do with uh, with A twenty one and and just the things that the territories that they're helping with all over the world. And it's how can we do our part? Where can we? How, you're from Homeland Security. What do we What do we look for? I mean, we've got mothers out here where you're hitting triggers of our children, of being a you know all kinds of stuff. Call the know. theaters. We need a thousand more screens. Yeah. We're filling up and we've got to get this word out. Go ahead. So because I knew that would be an important question, um, I executive produced a documentary called It's Happening Right Here. It answers that question. We're waiting. After Center Freedom releases, we're going to drop it. 
and it goes through all the ways the bad guys are trying to access our children. It focuses on the United States. And because <clears throat> we are the number one uh, demand, people don't realize this. People think, oh, this is far, far away in Colombia and wherever else. Nope. We're the number one demand for child exploitation material. We consume more here. $150 billion. Yeah, in 162. Industry. Yeah. There's about 6 million children currently in slavery, you know, Add the adults to that, and you have more people enslaved today than ever before in the history of the world. Yeah. You could add up all the people, in fact, that were enslaved during that 350-year horrific period of the transatlantic slave trade, and not to do anything to, to lessen that. There's nothing worse. But you could add up all the people alive today in slavery, and that's more than, the, than all of those others yeah. combined. And six million are children. It's, it's labor. It's, it's, it's organ harvesting believe it or not, and sex. And on the sex trafficking, this one films specifically about that. There's two million children in the commercial. And so we have a goal with Angel Studios to have two million people on the weekend of July 4th in theaters representing those two million children. Mm -hmm. And so that's our call to action that we, everybody who's listening to this program, buy a ticket, pay it forward. You have the opportunity to buy tickets for others who can't afford it. At the same time, you're buying your ticket. So we fill those theaters with 2 million people. Jim, your final thoughts? Just the audience. and You won't be disappointed when you see this film. 